Well, good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing better. Hope you're doing well. Even though it's a struggle every day, it's a, a thing that we can manage. So what do I want to tell you about today? This is Dorcas Smith, Granny D, out of Plymouth, Michigan. I am a retired special educator, so I'm always wanting to share the cool things that I find, and I get excited about it. Um, I'll, I'm sure I'll be a teacher all my life, and I love I teach, I still teach, I teach my, I teach you guys, but I teach my grandchildren every day now. Uh, we get on a FaceTime and I read to them and they read to me and we have a conversation and I spend an hour to an hour and a half with them. Admittedly, it's distance, but it's still uh, very entertaining and I get to find out all kinds of things. So life is, there are benefits and joys in in the struggles that we have. The other thing to tell you is Make sure you're getting your water, your sleep, walk. So I walked all the way around my house, upstairs, downstairs, and I just, all of a sudden, there I was. And then I wanted some extra, some extra miles because I'm playing Fitbit Bingo with my um, stepdaughter. It's hilarious. I've never done this before. It's really fun. It makes me exercise way more. So if you know who's got a premium, um, do Fitbit Bingo. It's really fun. All right. The other thing now is what do you take? Keep taking AI-10, T-Green, Rishi Max, and your NanoPack or your life pack, whatever you take, and use absolutely the most important. And, of course, then there's, uh, what is it? Uh, I am just going to go and have to look at it because I'm having, here we are, a probio. There's another one. And digestive, all things that help your system work well. Okay, so we are back to... John Rady's Go Wild, although today I'm finishing off thoughts of Richard Manning, who discovered going wild at 60. And he talks about going into all the different techniques to solve the issues that he's experiencing in his life. I got better, he says, but the techniques here are not the point. Plenty of evidence says there are other ways to get a bit better when you have depression, and Prozac is one of them. Biofeedback is another. In in retrospect now, three years later, and unmedicated all that time, I think the real point is how I I treated that improvement, not as a opportunity, a bit of breathing room, a platform of strength that could be the basis of what needed to be done. I have since come to to categorize neurofeedback or medication or tricks like heart monitors and treadmills as essentially the same. They are not the solutions. However, I am not opposed to using them, but they must be used in the right limited way, the way a builder might use scaffolding as a necessary support 
to allow the foundation to be built, but then remove remove it once the project is done on sorry, remove it once the project is on more solid ground. If I had stopped with neurofeedback, I would be stuck inhabiting a scaffolding for a for a life, but not a real life. So what changed? I began to think very differently about the whole business. And this is and this was the key shift in attitude. The foundation, the core idea that I hope that you can take from this book. I abandoned the notion that I was correcting a deficit or fixing a fault. Take a pill and you are good to go. Mm-mm. It occurred to me that I had taken a small step and felt better. So the question was, how much better was there? How much better could I feel? Were there limits to this better? At the outside, what are the human limits on what are the limits on human potential for happiness? What a thought. How much better is there? July twenty fifth, two thousand eleven, unmedicated. At 210 pounds, a knee sprain has, has healed to the point of allowing running. This is the day I have chosen to begin. And I quit drinking, and I put on a heart monitor, and I have selected a marathon. Hold on a second. Am I in the right place? Yes. I selected a marathon of 26.2 miles, and it is five months hence on New Year's Eve, Bellingham, Washington, called the last chance marathon begins. This is an easy step to plan. Enough people have done and enough research has been done on that the preparation for a guy in my position, old, fat, and somewhat out of shape, is a matter of consensus. Say aerobic. Establish the base mileage. You can run comfortably and then increase it by no more than 10% a week. One long run a week, long slow. A couple of rest days each week with no running at all. Maybe a rest week every three weeks or so. There are apps for this. The process is dialed in and it works pretty well. I finished the marathon, slow but finished. I weighed then 185 pounds, 25 pounds lighter than when I had begun training five months before. But what's next? More races out there. I signed up for a 30-mile race, an ultra-marathon, in April 2012. I finished, but I was a wreck. Crashed into that wall. Not once, but at least twice during the run. The wall is that horrible state of fatigue, disorientation, and confusion that strikes distance runners when they have depleted the glucose to below the point that the brain needs. The deal is I was following the standard advice on nutrition, which included heavy doses of carbohydrates and sugar gels administer, administered during long runs. This remains the boilerplate advice of the sport, and I should have known better. Understanding well, then, the dangers of a high-carb diet. 
but I figured athletes were the exception, so I took the standard advice. My experience in the her sent me to the drawing board and resulted in a happenstance change in direction that now I think is the most important discovery. The reason that fronted my doubts about sugar gels and carb-fueled marathons paralleled that found in Born to Run, that we'd evolved running without shoes so we didn't need them, and in, fro- in, in fact probably did damp by running in heavily padded stiff-heeled shoes. I had taken that advice from the beginning, trained from the start in minimalist, minimalist barefoot shoes, and it had paid off. It allowed me to gear up for ultra-marathons without injury. I am, an, I am a minimalist runner to this day, and it pleases me simply because I have learned that running with unrestricted feet is more fun. No other way to put it. More giggles and smiles in it. So what about sugar gels? Hunter-gatherers didn't suck on foil pouches of corn syrup every half hour or so, just as they didn't have foot coffins. (laughs) Had anyone thought about this? It turns out that people had, especially a guy named Peter Deffy, and researchers Steve Finney and Jeff Volek. They have developed and advocate an ultra-low-carbohydrate school of nutrition called ketogenic, named for the forms of fat that you limit your body to about 50 grams of carbohydrates a day, the total from maybe an apple and turnips at dinner. Fat is your fuel, and in a matter of a couple of weeks, the body adapts. The brain gets the glucose it needs by making it from spare molecular parts, and the metabolic cycle runs the reasonable approximation of the way our ancestors ate most of the time before agriculture. It is the same order of low-carbohydrate diets, such as the paleo diet or the zone, although it is set off from the former by including dairy products. Dairy and lactose are indeed important considerations in finding your particular path. I, however, seem to have no lactose issues, and I like yogurt cheese. So this is mine. Manning's goal is to run long races without resorting to sucking on sugar water and without crashing with wild undulations of hyper and hypoglycemia hypoglycemia. It works simply like now as long as seven hours without any food whatsoever, and I never think about it twice. I have long since gone for many runs for four hours or more and have never once crashed into the wall. The conventional, conventional nutritional wisdom of the sport says this is not supposed to be. However, it is, and it's easy. Almost immediately after changing the way I ate, weight began to fall off my body, although I was not trying to lose weight, nor did I change my running routine, not one bit. I was then and still running about 40 miles a week, but from day one of my ketogenic diet, I began losing about 102 a week, step, 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 
in a straight, un uninterrupted curve until I hit 160 pounds. And then it plateaued, and my, pay my weight has not varied by, by more than a pound or two in a year or so since. I pay no attention whatsoever, totally can take mileage or the amount of food I eat. Just, listen to this one, no sugars, no grains, no processed foods, lots of nuts, cheese, fat, runny cheese, bacon, eggs, sausage, sour cream and vegetables, no high glycemic fruit, fruits like bananas. Now that's an interesting one because my husband's uh, high blood pressure gets better when he eats bananas. So again, as he says, you have to find your own personal path. But apples, pears, and berries, fresh and simple, lots of venison, salmon at least once a week, grass-fed beef, not a diet, just the way I eat, and it makes me happy. I repeat, I do not count calories. I am never, ever hungry. My new eating habits had another unexpected brain benefit, but there is why... But there is no way I can say for sure that the sum total of my better life stemmed from food choices. Maybe that was just the last piece, the keystone of the arch. Remember, I'd already made the changes with exercise and was at the point of training when I could expect to see some real benefits from running alone. Truly, I have. But remember, too, this is not about a single intervention. It's more like building a foundation for life. All the things you do. Still, it was clear that something had worked. My head was getting better. The depression was gone. These changes were no longer an intervention or a therapy or cure. They had become my life. Lifestyle change. Indeed, I am giving you the barest outlines of my life during this period. And much of that I've left out, and much that I have left out may in fact be relevant. My solid marriage, the fact that I live in Montana, a wild place, that my work schedule is my own, that I have a dog who runs with me, and that I play with music and, I, and that I play music with friends. All of this is relevant too, maybe even more so. This is why we can't serve up recipes for others or even research these matters in epidemiological or even research these matters in epidemiological precision. Lives vary and through time. You get to choose. Man, bang on time. Ha! Did it. Well, let me just finish off. Thank you for being here. I hope your your heart feels more joy today. Um, there is the Facebook Live with wonderful, exciting people who want to teach you the business. But whether you're just doing this to be well, either way, may your heart be strong Let's slings and we're going to make it into the future. Okay, here we go. What do I need to do? I don't know. What do you need to do? There we go. 
Yes, Dorcas. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you all have a wonderful day and you get to decide all of the cool things that will work for you. When he said, I am no longer hungry, I realized that I'm getting to that point too. I don't go through the day starving anymore. Um, it isn't, I don't, I don't go to food to remove any sadness. And yes, the depression of all the things that were going on even now is a little bit lighter. So may you also feel joy. Wonderful thoughts, Dorcas. And to all the silent listeners, thank you for being here. We're so glad you came, and may everybody have a great day. Tomorrow it is CJ, and you know this is the lady who went from, what, 250 pounds? She is an amazing woman and a powerhouse. So um, I look forward to joining with you tomorrow morning at the same time, and have a great day. Thanks, Thanks for getting my day. Thanks for getting my day off to a good you. start. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Choose happy.